it's uh, it's said that the the Buddhist teachings are are spoken about as with an image of a bird that has two wings. The wings to awakening are said to be wisdom and compassion. And for for the bird to fly, it needs balance of the two wings. So the wisdom is balanced by compassion, compassion by wisdom. And it's said that the heart energy of compassion is, is what inspired the Buddha to begin teaching because he didn't initially want to do any teaching. He thought it would just be troubling and vexing. Because he didn't think anyone would understand that it was too subtle and too profound and somehow no one would get it. But it said that he surveyed the world. It said that at that time, maybe in his lifetime, he had this ability to, to survey and see into the hearts and minds of beings, to gaze out. And, and it said that what he saw were, was, uh, he saw beings, people especially perhaps, trying to find happiness and at the same time doing the very things that caused them to suffer. And it was said that this moved the heart with this quality of compassion. And so he decided that he'd give it a try. And he was apparently also persuaded by a, a deva being, a Brahma god actually, who came and pled with him to teach beings and said, there are those with but little dust in their eyes and they will see. So we may feel like we have not just some dust, but maybe mud <laughs> caked on our eyes. But I think in terms of the number of beings who feel drawn to this exploration and practice, which is not that many in the world, that actually we are those beings with little dust. And, and really all beings have the potential to understand this practice to realize what the Buddha taught. That's our birthright. If we have a mind, then we can, we can understand. So these Brahma Viharas, I think one of us mentioned that Brahma means divine or heavenly. Vihara is a word for a place to live and an abode, an abiding. It's also used uh, when you, if you visit uh, pilgrimage, uh, places of pilgrimage in India and other, other places, but mostly in India, the place where the Buddha was born and gave his first uh, discourses, first teachings, and, and other places associated with his life. Uh, there are places where you can stay called viharas. And each, every country that has some Buddhist tradition, maybe not everyone, but most of them will have a, a rest house, a rest place. They're usually very, very simple. We call them a vihara often. It's an abode, place of dwelling. 
so divine or heavenly abodes. And so these the qualities of goodwill, of loving kindness, of metta, of friendliness, different words we use, is one of these. Karuna, compassion, the heart of goodwill, uh, turn towards suffering in, in the hearts of, of others or our own heart and uh, the wish to alleviate that, to meet that suffering with kindness. Mudita, empathetic or appreciative joy or gladness, sometimes it's called gladness. Uh, the heart of joy that delights in the good fortune of others and in our own good fortune, really. So the opposite there of jealousy and then equanimity, upekka, the balanced broad heart that uh, is, supports all of the, all its, its own practice and it also is, uh, supports the full development of, of the other three. It's this heart that takes the broad view of things. And, uh, understands cause and effect and so forth. And so uh, today I wanna introduce and maybe do some guided practice of compassion, Karuna, the second Brahma Vihara. And as I said, it's this heart of goodwill, of friendliness, of unconditional love or the different loving kindness usually translated in English. It's when that heart is tuned to, turned towards and tuned to suffering that we encounter in our own mind and heart and in the world around us. And it, uh, it supports us to actually show up for and meet this aspect of life with, uh, with real connection and, and to bear witness to it from a place of genuine empathy and courage. It's a very strong, powerful, brave quality of mind. It allows us to meet suffering without either falling into um, grief or overwhelm or pity, feeling sorry for another. And it keeps it keeps suffering at a distance. It's like over there, poor you suffering over there. It doesn't pity keeps us uh, at a distance from from another or dis or raging against it, fighting against suffering. Compassion is a brave and courageous quality of heart and it also is a can be a very joyful connected quality that um, will take action when action can be taken and so it um, it's not passive in any way but it also doesn't doesn't run away or fall away when no action can be taken to alleviate suffering, it, it stays. 
I think uh, the teacher, some of you may have heard of Sharon Salzberg, who's written a lot about the Brahma Viharas and these, these qualities and uh, teaches that kind of practice and meditation a lot. She, she has equated it with the heart that is uh, vibrates or trembles in response to suffering and wishes ourselves, wishes all beings to be free of suffering. In the Tibetan tradition, these qualities of heart are called the, the four immeasurables. They cannot be measured, so this boundless, uh, all-encompassing quality that is pointed to with that. And so when we want to actually look at the quality of compassion and think of developing that, cultivating it, tuning to it and nurturing it. We have to begin by acknowledging that it actually exists in the world and in our own lives and that pain and sorrow and struggle and difficulty are real and they, they come to all beings at different times and in different ways. Ways that we might not even use the word suffering for, but ways that uh, that we encounter what's difficult, what's troubling, what's stressful, what is painful, sorrow, sadness, tragic activities. It's not a mistake. It's not wrong or bad, although some beings seem to get far more than their share, you could say. And it's not the whole of life. I've referred to what are called the 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows, the, the movement from pleasure and pain, joy and sorrow, and pleasant and unpleasant, and these worldly winds that blow through our lives, blow through the lives of all beings. And so we have to acknowledge the reality of it and and not to turn away from it or, or try to avoid or deny it, which we do a lot. We try to often numb, numb out in a way that we don't have to feel it or we hide things away. We hide things like aging, sickness and death away, at least in the United States. We try to avoid these things, avoid contacting them as though there's something to be afraid of there. And so we also have to then, if we acknowledge the reality of this in a balanced way, and uh, we have to, to open to it in a skillful way where we can stay in a place of balanced. And that's not always easy to do because we can slip into uh, some of the, the qualities I mentioned before, which sometimes are called the, the near enemies or near neighbors. So the, in each of these Brahma Viharas, it says that they have something that is very the opposite of it. So the opposite of compassion is cruelty, you could say. And then something that resembles it. So in the case of compassion, it's this quality I mentioned of pity, where we, the heart is moved, we feel, connect to the suffering, but it, it's kept at a distance and, and it's a sense of feeling sorry for another rather than truly connecting to, to them. So it keeps it at a distance. 
And so compassion is act is an is an action, a compassionate action that there's not this passive quality to it. And so it will act in compassion. If compassion informs our actions, then they're they're full and rich and it's a it's a beautiful motivation for action. So when there's something we can do and it's appropriate, we will do that. Just in a very simple way. And we can act with strength and courage and directness. But it also, compassion doesn't shrink away when there's nothing we can do. So even when there's nothing we can do, we don't abandon the situation. We'll stay there, even if all we can do is bear witness to the suffering. So it's strengthening and empowering and healing for us beautiful quality that we can find it naturally rises none of us is devoid of this quality in any way but we can also bring it call it forward and and, uh, and nurture it cultivate it and so i'd like to do a, a bit of a guided meditation and this will be a little bit different and i've borrowed from uh, a Tibetan teacher named Lama John Makransky. I'm not doing his meditation, but I, I am borrowing some of the, the feeling of it, the approach a bit. He's a Tibetan teacher, has a lot of things online, uh, really specializes in cultivating compassion and teaches them a lot. And so um, this is, is, I borrowed some ideas from him. Uh, the good parts of this are his and the not good parts are mine, <laughs> if there are problems. Do not blame Lama John McCransky. I take full credit for any flaws and problems and give credit to him for, for what's beautiful and good here. And some of that to me too, if there's, it's not just him at this point. So this kind of uh, practice will be uh, start at least a little bit differently and, and it'll be more of a receptive kind of practice rather than an offering, but it'll include some of both of these. So find a, a posture that feels ex very, uh, as comfortable as is possible for you. And that will include the invitation now to uh, lie down if you wish or to sit in a more comfortable chair or do something that helps you to relax. And it also includes the invitation if you find uh, some discomfort getting strong during this period to, to shift your posture at any time to alleviate that. So we wanna, sometimes in, in insight in Vipassana meditation, we, we sit with discomfort because it's very skillful and useful. But for this practice, we want to really stay as comfortable as we can. And, uh, you know, don't worry if you are lying down and you get sleepy and it's late in the day or somewhat late in the day for you. And it's an early morning if you're following the schedule. So try to stay awake, but don't worry if 
sleepiness comes a bit, it's okay. Not that I'm suggesting you take a nap now, <laughs> but it can happen <laughs> even if we're sitting up. <laughs> Sometimes that's what happens. So in this practice, which is maybe all, a lot of time these practices are done using visualizations and images, words. So it's very different from the insight practice where we're just receiving what comes. We're generating these things, but this one maybe is even a little more uh, using visualizations and images, which is um, very common in Tibetan Buddhist practice. So uh, we'll start simply as I love, like to with just sitting here and being, not doing anything for a moment or two, just settle into simply being and allowing yourself to be just as you are. And I'm going to um, let you settle in for a moment while I, I adjust the conditions here in my room. So excuse me, I'll be gone for just a few seconds. Here. Well, what's it like to simply be in this moment for you? Sort of taking a, a look at the weather patterns of your internal experience, wakeful or sleepy, interested or bored, restless or calm whatever it's like for you. Just noticing that without any need to fix or change it or work at anything at all. Just sitting here, being alive. from this simple place of simply being. There's an invitation if you wish, and only if it seems interesting or you would like to do it for some reason, you can let your attention rest in the area that we call the heart center at the base of the, the chest bone, the sternum bone kind of a soft, tender spot there. You can breathe a couple of deeper breaths into that part of your body or let your fingers or hand rest there if you'd like. And you're not trying to look for or create some special sensation there, just Notice what you notice. 
And again, only if you wish to. And allow or invite the images of one or more beings who you can think of as very dear beings who friends or maybe teachers or benefactors or family members who you know just uh, care for you and wish you to be happy. If anyone comes to mind, you can have one or more. Kind of picture them, maybe they're next to you or behind you or in front of you. If you can't think of anyone, you can well, you can imagine me if that would work. I don't know, but I wish you well. I only and always wish you to be happy. So I'm offering myself as a possible being. But try to find someone who's personal for you. And if no one comes to mind, don't worry. It's all right. And don't work hard at keeping an image there. Just invite it to come and it may come and go. You can refresh those feelings or images. Maybe it's more a feeling than an image. Some being that cares for you. It could also be some non-human being. You know, there maybe there's, I notice, I like these Zoom meetings because I can see some people have animal friends living in the house. I've seen dogs and cats. You can have them be one of those benefactors. Or maybe uh, trees or the planet of Earth or the sky or rain or something like that that has that energy of supporting and caring for you. And as well, maybe there are, are beings who you don't know but have heard of or met or read about, like great uh, spiritual teachers, maybe the Buddha or someone like uh, the Dalai Lama or the teacher Deepama, who's beloved, or another kind of archetypal figure, a great religious leader from another tradition, or someone who you find inspiring and seems to embody qualities of kindness and care. And you can sit well, most of us will have our eyes closed, but if you wish to have your eyes open, maybe you feel sleepy or just want to practice that way, then let your gaze be soft and unfocused and easy, very gently open. And this being or these beings, imagine that they are wishing you well by sending you care and love in the form of, of compassion, because they know that sometimes life is hard. Sometimes things are difficult and there's pain and stress and struggle and suffering in large and small ways. And they just wish you to be at ease and with that and free of that, free of the causes of that 
stress and struggle and suffering. And this energy is coming towards you like a soft breeze or a gentle radiance or like light in the same way as I did the radiating metta practice. And let it just bathe over you and through you and wash you and soak you with quality of care. We wish for you to be free of suffering and free of all causes of pain and distress and worry and trouble. Just let that wash over you, through you, touching every part of you. They may be saying words to you. May you be free of suffering. Or I care about you. And I won't abandon you. I'll stay with you when it's hard and difficult. Or maybe it comes just as energy without words. But wish that loving energy touches every cell in your body, every layer of your being. Notice if there are any places of tension or stress in your body, physical pains, tightness in your back or shoulders, maybe a kind of tightness and tension that's there a lot of the time for you. Maybe something you're just noticing now, not necessarily anything at all. But if there is anything like this, Let that energy of compassion touch those parts, physical pains and tension, and let it soak in and help those areas to relax and let go the tightness or the pain, bathing it with the soothing energy of compassion from these, this being or these beings. Receive it into this part of your experience.
sense into any worries or anxieties you might feel. Maybe worries about your health or your employment and your ability to have enough to take care of yourself or responsibilities for others who depend on you. Maybe there are obligations and responsibilities that you might be glad to meet them, but they're very heavy sometimes. Or you worry about other things in your life, what others think about you perhaps. Sense into these kinds of worries and stresses that come to all of us at times. They may not be big, you might say, compared to other people, this is not very much, but that doesn't mean they're not real. And this benefactor or being who cares for you or these other ones, the personal ones and the more archetypal ones, they know what it's like to live with those cares and concerns and worries and struggles. The weight of obligation and responsibility. They can feel what that's like because they have their own lives. These things come for them too. And they're sending you this gentle radiation and uh, energy of compassion to wish that you be at ease in the face of that, that you live in a way that is free of stress and suffering because of these anxieties and worries and fears. Just receive that energy. And at any time, if you wish, you can also offer that wish back to these beings. May you be free of suffering, free of the causes of suffering. So you can have it mostly be receiving, but also sending kind of like a circle, a cycle moving between you and these, this other being, these other beings. At times, I think all of us feel lonely or sad. We feel that we're not good enough in some way. 
where we compare ourselves with others and we feel like we, we don't measure up, we're not as good as someone else. We may feel guilt or anger, feelings of betrayal or longing or a feeling that we're incomplete somehow, that something is missing from our heart. All these kinds of feelings that sometimes come. Some deep old feeling of not being worthy or not being lovable. feeling the story you have told yourself that there's something wrong with you, maybe. There's different ways that we, we suffer from what our mind tells us or what others have told us. Feelings of shame or guilt. These beings, they just see you as, as beautiful and worthy. They love you for who you are. They don't demand some kind of perfection. And they just wish you to be happy and at ease and free of suffering and stress and struggle. And they're sending that to you as this gentle radiance, like light, like a soft breeze or a gentle rain that bathes every part of you every cell in your body, every part of your mind and heart. They just offer it freely in the way that the sun offers light. And it flows out and touches every part of you. We have this community, this beautiful Sangha that is created when we come together, as we have for this retreat. And you can see the images of the names of those who are practicing with this week. And each of us knows that we all have times where life is hard. We struggle with fear and worry. The weight of duties, the sadness and loneliness that comes. All of the things I've mentioned, the pains in the body. Trouble and worry in the mind. And so we can let this radiation that 
we've received, let it now flow outwards to touch all the others here. And since they're doing the same thing, open your heart to receive this care from the others here. So we, we let it flow out and we also let it flow in as though it's just washing over and through all of us here. May all of us who are joined together in this virtual meditation hall, may we be free of suffering, free of the causes of suffering. Just letting that energy flow out and flow in like a gentle wave it flows out and flows back in touching all of us equally Now let this soft, gentle radiance of compassion, this care, let it flow out and just let it release it to flow outwards in all directions to touch all beings everywhere. Let it wash over the beings who were in your personal group of beings that we created, the archetypal ones like the great teachers or religious or spiritual leaders or whoever you might have invited to join you and your family members or dear friends or benefactors. Let that energy flow outwards. And it's still flowing from those beings who wish you well. It flows through you and, and continues on. They're letting it go out to all beings and you can join them. May all beings everywhere be free of suffering, free of the causes of suffering. May they be truly at ease Just let it float out like light in all directions. And as we let it go, we let go of all sense of something we're trying to do. So we can let go of trying to visualize or picture somebody or trying to use some words or feelings or trying to do this practice. We don't push anything away, we just stop working at it. Stop trying to do it. 
let go of anything that feels like something you're doing or a practice. We come back to the simplicity of being where we started. Maybe feelings that remain from this practice, thoughts or images, you can let them be there, just let them be there. There's nothing you have to do. Maybe other sounds besides the sound of my voice and the sound of my, my speech and the meaning of that, just let that wash through you, don't have to hold on to it. Sensations, the breath, sounds, they all come and go. There's nothing you have to do, nothing to pick up or hold on to or let go of, nothing to fix or work on. Or or try to do, or no one to be. You don't have to be any way than, other than just how you are. Nothing to do, nowhere to go, no one to be, nothing to get, nothing to get rid of, no meditation, no one trying to meditate. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.